0: Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. I'm Molly Herford, and I'm not doing this podcast, I am probably writing about endurance, sport, training, nutrition, and all of that good stuff.
1: And I'm Peter Glassford. I'm a registered kinesiologist and an endurance coach, and you are here on the Consummate Athlete where we talk about different types of sports and movements and, and the people who do them.
0: Awesome. And this week, actually today, I have my Shred Girls Lindsay's Joyride is officially out in the world. I'm super excited about it, like to the point where I can barely talk. Um, so if you pre-ordered it, it'll be in your mailbox today. And if you haven't pre-ordered it, you can get it now on Amazon or on shred or wherever books are sold. So super stoked on that. Huge thank you to everyone who has pre-ordered. That like, means just so much to me and I appreciate it so much. Uh, And hopefully we'll see some of you this weekend at the Joyride 150 launch party in Markham, Ontario.
1: Yeah, I know a lot of people I talked to this weekend at the Ontario Cup, our mountain bike series started this weekend and seemed like there was some good Mm -hmm. buzz about it
0: yeah i'm pretty excited i keep looking at the rsvps and the numbers are are just going up and we have tons of swag and really fun stuff planned so it's going to be super rad and if you don't live in ontario but you're interested in hosting some kind of shred girls hangout night ride talk whatever uh definitely get in touch Uh, there's a contact form over on shred-girls.com and would love to do more of these kind of things i actually Tonight, I guess, I have a, a ride here in New Jersey with a bunch of the Nike mountain bikers. So we're gonna we're gonna shred some trails. We're gonna eat some ice cream, and we're gonna talk about bikes and books. So it's gonna be super fun. Um, now today's guest we decided would be kind of perfect for the fact that the book is coming out today. Uh, my friend Katie Macarelli is on to talk all about how to get your kids into riding bikes, or really how to get them into a sport that you love. So, you know, while this is a very bike-specific podcast, you could also listen to it and think about it in the context of running, baseball, field hockey, whatever your, your sport is. Um, but we're obviously talking all about cycling. And she has two daughters, and what's cool is one of them is on the like high-performance racing track, and the other is on the, hey, I like riding bikes, I like bike commuting, and I think bikes are fun, but I have no interest in racing track. So it was really interesting kind of diving into how both of them found their way in cycling and how to how to have a good time with your kids riding bikes and not make anyone in the family miserable.
1: Yeah, I think it's tough. And I think cycling's sort of developing in a lot of ways, right? The you know, baseball and things like that are a lot further ahead as far as children's programming, right? Whereas bikes, when I grew up there was like you, you just rode your bike and you'd build your own dirt jumps and hopefully your friends were into that. Yeah, um, so actually. now there's like huge groups, right? And and you mentioned going to the track. There's kids programs at the track. Like I wouldn't have even known what a track was.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I think, you know, for parents, it's definitely a challenge because, you know, you want your kid to be into bikes. You want them to ride with you. But there's so much you need to remember about the difference between, you know, a 10 year old and, and you as a cyclist. Uh, one of the things we kind of talk about right in the beginning is if you have, say, a 10 year old. Their bike prop- probably weighs about half as much as they do. Whereas your bike weighs about ten percent of what you do. So even remembering that when you're on a trail and you know you're a little annoyed that you have to go so easy so they can keep up, uh, just kind of putting that all into context and you know how to deal with the competitive urges that you know parents can get, and I mean how to deal with the competitive urges your kids can get. You know, sometimes your, your kid is not going to be the, the best one out there. And how do you keep them excited about it if winning isn't, you know, happening every single weekend? So lots of really good questions that I was really glad to have an awesome cycling mom, you know, out there to answer. And it's really a candid conversation. It, I was super excited about, you know, how in-depth we got on some of these topics that, you know, are really tangle the tangly issues I guess
1: yep they're definitely tough it's (laughs) it's it's a very very tricky subject and I don't think there's a right way but I think there's definitely um, you know some takeaways and things just to watch for if you are navigating that with a youngster
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so just some some really great advice and You know, just before we dive into it, huge thank you to everyone who has pre ordered Shred Girls, everyone who gets a copy, everyone who comes to an event. Um, you know, thank you guys so much. It means so much to me and it's really exciting seeing, you know, both sides of the spectrum. Both I've heard now, you know, little little girls are reading the book and then getting excited about getting on bikes and then some cyclists or young cyclist girls are reading it and are excited about reading. So kind of both sides of the spectrum there. And that just makes me the happiest person. So thank you all so much. And without further ado, let's dive into this episode with Katie Macarelli. Enjoy. Okay, let's, let's go way back. How did you get into cycling?
2: Yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm kind of a late bloomer in terms of cycling and, and bike racing and just bike commuting in general. Um, I grew up on a really in a small town on a farm. So biking was definitely, um, you know, if you were riding your bike, I've joked with people, like people stopped to ask if you were okay, you know, or (laughs) you would get plowed over by a grain truck, you know, or blown off the road. Um, but, you know, being we lived on a farm, we were like ten miles out, I can remember a couple of times that my sister and I, you know, made the trek into town, quote unquote, to go swimming or whatever, you Mm -hmm. know, where my like, you want to go do that? Have at it. You know, it takes like 17 hours. (laughs) Uh, So then, you know, when I I was looking for colleges, grew up here in Colorado and, um, you know, I went and toured CU Boulder and that was it. I I think I looked at that school and that school alone. It was the first one. And mostly because I, I was blown away by the beauty of, you know, the flat irons. And it just struck me. I mean, my jaw dropped when I realized how many people were outside doing physical activity, like for fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so I wanted to be that I wanted to do that. Uh, so I was lucky to, to do my undergrad there. And then actually, I went back for elementary school teaching and had a friend uh, met a friend there that was doing triathlons. And so she kind of got me into that. You know, she said, well, if you can swim, we found out we were both had been swimmers. She said, you can do it. You know, that's the hardest part. Yeah, so I got into triathlons probably in my early twenties, um, mid twenties. And then my husband and I had our two daughters. And so I kind of trained and did masters racing or just age group racing at that time um, sprint triathlons and Olympic, uh, throughout the time that my girls were really little, which was perfect because, you know, I, I was really lucky to be a stay at home parent. Um, and when I say lucky, like it was either that, or, I mean, I really was lucky, but as an elementary school teacher, I hadn't taught very long. So the money for me to go back to teaching after I had my daughters, Mm -hmm. not covered it in the least, you know, to have somebody take care of them. So it was a really easy decision for us. Um, and one that I'm really, really thankful that, you know, we, we scrimmed and saved and did, you know, like, okay, it's ramen again. Well, not ramen, but you know, it's pasta. Yep. <laughs> it was lovely, uh, to have that time with them. So it worked out really well to do shorter distance triathlons, you know, much like cyclocross. I tell people now, you know, if you don't have a lot of time to train, that was perfect. It was well-rounded. I didn't get bored. I could work in little workouts here and there when they were toddlers, you know, at the YMCA, um, you know, could go for runs here and there. And and it was a really good doable distance. Um, and then as they got a little bit older, I jumped in and thought, Oh, well maybe I'll do half Ironmans and maybe someday Ironmans and bless everyone's heart that's ever done those things because I, (laughs) <laughs> One half and that was it. I mean that was it was a boulder reservoir and I remember I mean I probably went a little crazy on the run at the very end because I don't really I like running. I'm just not built for it, I don't think. I mean I, I can go slow. I'm a I'm a happy twelve minute mile paced person. <laughs> I could do that for a long time. But uh yeah, I, I definitely struggled with running and the more I would train for this longer distance, the more I found, oh, I really like cycling most. Mm-hmm. Swimming was easy for me. Um, and so I just didn't really ever, I mean, I did like master's things in the morning just to, you know, to work out. But swimming wasn't really where I, I needed any effort. So biking, I just kind of kept gravitating towards. And the more I did that, of course, the more run workouts I skipped. And anybody will tell <laughs> you that if you're doing, you know, a half Ironman or an Ironman, you should not skip your run workouts. Yes. So I definitely, towards the end, was saying a little prayer like, I promise. And I was talking to myself, you know, aloud, like, Body, if you just get me through this, I'll never do it again. I swear, you and me will just ride bikes off into the sunset forever and ever. So that was kind of how I segued from triathlon to um to cycling predominantly. Um, oh my gosh. I love the bargaining with yourself. Oh, just just oh do my it. God and whatever like and you know it's funny because the Boulder Reservoir has um all these signs around that says like do not get in here you know and Mm -hmm. I know it's because people have gone crazy on a race or whatever and they're like it's so hot I'm just gonna jump in right here to this culvert and just get pulled under and go find the Loch Ness Monster and so yeah it was it was a it was a fun day but yeah it was so that was kind of how I segued just into predominantly cycling um was just you know trying to fit it all in as a, as a mom and anybody with a job you know mm-hmm. can can realize like you got to pick those things i think that fit your life stage and triathlon at the time fit it and then it became cycling fit it better and so um yeah i think it's fun to look back and think oh, i can't believe i did that or that was funny
1: <laughs> when i did
2: i used to do those things and i still do Triathlons, I'll do like one or two a summer um, now with my daughters, uh, which is really fun. We just signed up for one, the uh, Tribella's, an all-women's one uh, coming up here in June at the Cherry Creek Reservoir, and they're excited. You know, it's, it's just kind of a fun one that we, we try to do one or two together in the summer. So, yeah, that was kind of my, my journey.
0: That's awesome. I you and I have very similar, I think, backgrounds in that we both started in triathlon and kind of slowly shifted into the bike racing. And I've since shifted back to triathlon and then segued back into running somehow. Um <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> but I think it is. It's just yeah, what fits in really well with your life. So for for me, it was running made sense because I was on the road for cycling with all the teams.
2: Yeah. And I didn't have yeah. time or the ability to bring a bike everywhere. So it's so simple and lovely. And still, when I travel, like I know, you know, if it's Europe or wherever, I it's like bring my running shoes, yeah. like bring something to do yoga in the hotel or my running shoes because you can always fit it in. Exactly. Always.
0: Exactly. So that's kind of how I ended up getting back into running. And then, funny enough, now I've been coaching a lot more biking camp. So I'm probably ah. <laughs> better on the bike than I've ever been in my life. And I have no interest in going back to bike racing this summer, <laughs> but
2: <laughs> God, so much knowledge. Yeah, at least I rediscovered
0: how much I like it. And I think that took me not racing to kind of remember. I think I love cycling for the activity of cycling and I love running for the racing.
2: Yeah. Is well, and, and wonderful <laughs> to realize that about yourself. I think so many people, especially, you know, I'm, I'm 42 and, and um, have been around a lot of the Masters Colorado racing, um, cycling and it's wonderful in a lot of ways. Um, and I, I think, you know, anybody that wants to keep racing at a, at the highest level they can forever, more power to them. But at the same time, I look at it as like, you know, there's a joy there that I feel is missing from a lot of athletes and they just keep drilling it and thinking they have to, they have to do it because it's what they've always done, Mm -hmm. Um, which would be, you know, sad to miss out on just the simple joy of riding your bike.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's so easy to get caught up in the the race, race, recover, repeat thing, and completely forget that at one point you did this because it was fun. <laughs> not, not yeah, to, fun is in that in that little to, circle somewhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so, on the topic of fun, now your your daughter do both of your daughters ride.
2: Yeah, so we have a 16-year-old and a 15-year-old and or actually she's 14, she'll be 15 soon. So sophomore and freshman in high school. Um and they both started, you know, obviously when we were little that was or when they were little, you know, that was the crowning crowning jewel as a parent. Um I, I laugh cuz I have a friend who's a co- or a ex-coworker that just had a baby and I can remember thinking of all those things that you're you know when you find out you're pregnant. And you have your baby. It's like, oh, you picture all of those things, and they don't come for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those things are—they take a long time, and and uh, it does go fast, as people will say. I, I think now it does, but you know, at the time when they're like four months old and just drooling on the carpet, you think like, where is this this bike riding kid that I was going to have? Um, <laughs> so we started them both young, and they. They both uh, enjoyed it. So our older daughter, Isabella, is really into racing. She's on the high school mountain bike team here in Golden, Colorado, which is one of the first teams, I think it was the first team to, uh, or school, to make it a legitimate high school sport. So there's a lot of really neat history um, and a lot of invested parents, kids, uh, that whole thing. So she's she's super excited and really into it. Um, She does a little summer program that um, both girls did at one point a couple years back for younger kids. Um yeah so she's 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 definitely the the one that likes to race our younger daughter uh whom I'm immensely proud of she has declared like she is not a fan of racing she is just one I like it. it but she <laughs> she but she uses the bike to go everywhere um so that to me is a massive parenting win because you know last night for instance she's a freshman and and we rarely see her anymore our older ones more kind of the homebody but uh we're laughing we're like wow when she gets a car we really will never see her but i i actually think that's incorrect i think it'll be the same like she got home last night it was the whole like just be home before dark with her bike and it was pouring rain and like 36 degrees you know as she oh. had gone to uh, do homework with a friend and so i yeah i'm i'm happy that both of them have chosen kind of their own path with bikes but you know it's whether it's utilitarian it's racing it's Fitness, you know, all of that can be combined into one. So, yeah, I think as a parent, you know, especially if you like something, uh, be careful, you know, because you can really ruin it <laughs> for your kids. Exactly. And, you know, uh, <laughs> we we tried to just let them choose their own route. Um, and the older one did, you know, volleyball for a little while and then came back to, to biking, which we were really happy about, um, mostly because it fit her well. You know, she said, I, I really like that it's not, you know, it's a team sport, but it's not, um, it's not reliant on politics. It's not reliant on, you know, who, you know, if you made this slight mistake or whatever, you get out there and you, you race and and it's you, you know, Mm -hmm. you're racing yourself, you're racing against other people, but there's no one to blame and there's nowhere to hide. It's just you. Um, so I think it's, it's neat when kids can pick their own path and yeah, as a parent, just be careful, you don't ruin that path or deviate it for your own your own plans, I guess.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, actually on, on that note, like maybe let's, let's start on the negative side here because I'm sure, I mean, you live in a very active area. I'm sure you've seen some of these mistakes that get kids, you know, really disenchanted with cycling. So can you, can you touch on any of like the big
2: mistakes you see parents making? Yeah. And I mean, I've made them myself for sure. Sure. You You, um, a couple of things, you know, it's like when they're, when they're really little, you know, you, it's like anything else as a parent, you have to gauge where they're at. And, and you and I kind of talked about this for the, for the article. Oftentimes, just like we do with ourselves, we overestimate our abilities or our, you know, mood or our, energy level and those kinds of things. And kids, it's just magnified, tenfold. So Mm -hmm. they're they're out of gas, and they are gonna just go down in flames, you know? And so it's important to know, you know, like, hey, this is really what my child's capable of, or hey, this isn't going well, we need to cut it, you know, right then, instead of, I think my generation at least was like, you're gonna finish this, you're gonna do it, we're not gonna quit, you know, all those things. And those things are all good but you know, you can quickly make it not fun. In a yeah. Really bad way that that they won't want to pick it up again. Yeah, I mean, definitely. there's other things that are easier, you yeah. know, and so my husband and I remind ourselves that, okay, when you're going painfully slow on a mountain bike trail, I mean, painfully slow, like where you think I'm going to roll back down, actually, if we don't pedal a little faster, or you have to actually push your hand on your kid because they are rolling, but you know, it's It's a total disaster, and you have to remind yourself, like, this will pass. This will pass. We're going to get there. Okay, so we seriously made it 20 feet today. 20 feet. We made it 20 feet. Good. Celebrate the 20 feet. Go back home. You know, do something they want to do or, you know, do something fun. Take the pressure off, and then go out and get your workout later. Like, don't make that your pressurized. We're going to do this as a family and I'm going to get my workout in.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think the other thing to remember is, I mean, if you think about like bike, bike weight, right? Like a children's bike is probably going to weigh around like 20 pounds, unless you're going for the super baller model, most kids' bikes. I
2: mean, I would up that. It's closer to like 30, 35 pounds.
0: They're so heavy. And if you think about like a normal kid, that's like 60 pounds. Yeah it's yeah. literally half their body weight. And we're on our, you know, 15 pound bikes. And they're like, oh, why yeah. can't you go faster? And it's
2: like, wait, wait a second. <laughs> this bike with like super light wheels. <laughs> hey, pedal faster. Yeah, that, that's, that's exactly it. And, and you don't like, I was lucky to work at Bicycle Colorado for a few years, like four or five, maybe where I just taught bike safety at schools, which was really cool. That was a f- super fun job. But we would haul in, you know, a trailer full of Trek bikes, you know, small to grown up size, to do bike rodeos with kids and bike safety and that kind of thing. And I tell you what, like I was ripped. And you wanna know why? Because I was lifting kids' bikes all day. Like that (laughs) is that drilled at home for me. Like these are heavy bikes. These are little baby kids and they are really doing their best. And um, you know, you really have to put yourself in their position of sometimes even like I, when I, when the kids are little, you know, you're squatting down by them a lot and whether you have kids or not, like this is a fun exercise. Like next time you're on the trail and it's kind of rocky or whatever, like even mildly rocky, get off your bike and squat down. And you're going to see really quickly like what they see and how scary things can be. Even curbs, you know, even trees, like even a gate, you know, like you come to a gate with a kid or, or a new cyclist they're always going to hit the gate. They always freak out. You know, they're always going to hit the tree. They're always going to do those things. And because they're new to it, they're nervous. It seems huge. It seems big. So it's that same principle of if you were riding with somebody that had never ridden before, don't assume, assume that just because of your kids, they <laughs> have it in their blood. You know? yeah, It's not built in in their DNA quite yet. Maybe Vanderpool's, but other people's, maybe not.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If your name starts with like Vander or something, you probably are going to be okay, but... <laughs> Dutch or French. <laughs> up! Yeah. Otherwise. Um, <laughs> so we, we have the article that you, you helped me write over for on uh, the shred girls website. And I want to kind of go through some of the ones you said. And the first line, the first headline we have is make it fun, but I loved your first line in it, which is if cycling is a passion of yours, beware, this can backfire. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any local bike race and you'll see that, you know, um, Colorado is, is like you said, it's a, it's a, it's a haven for Olympic athletes. You Mm -hmm. know, it's where you go if you're going to train. And if you're just a normal person, (laughs) then that can be, you know, kind of off-putting. And then if you're a kid and you go, you know, there's, there's, we have great children's programs. We have great juniors programs here, almost to a point where I would say it's too great because, A normal kid shows up with a normal bike and instantaneously, you know, this tour, practically a tour bus comes out and like folds out this, you know, layer of beautiful bikes that, you know, cost more than someone's house. That's intimidating. And and it's kind of ridiculous. So I love that those options are there. And certainly they serve a purpose for many kids and many families and just the racing scene in general. But at the same time, like keep it fun, keep it normal that any kid can come up and, and say, yeah, this looks fun. Mm -hmm. And then screamed at by either their parent or uh, worse yet, another racer that's on the course that's yelling at the kid to get off or yelling at the kid for whatever. I mean, people can be jerks. And sometimes I think in, in higher level athletics, it's so far removed from reality that it's like you would get punched in the face for saying that anywhere else, but on a, I guess it's okay, you know, 60-year-old, you know, white guy that really wants to get your PR on this lap, you know, so it has to be balanced, um, and I think just anybody, parent or not, can help with that. It does need to be fun. It does need to be accessible, and it shouldn't just be for the elite, elite, delete. because bike riding is forever, and bike racing, if flatly, is not, you know, yes. so w- it's like anything. I'm not going to, like, you know tell a kid that oh yeah you're gonna go pro in football forever no you're not <laughs> you know like no one is mm-hmm. yeah spirit of fun and athleticism forever that's the goal
0: yeah exactly I mean if you you know if you like actually start thinking about it, it's like okay if we have you know a hundred kids out riding bikes what one of them is maybe going to have a, a legitimate professional career in cycling like, right And the other 99, if we can keep them riding and they can, you know, grow to be adults who love riding
2: versus who are fit and healthy and who maybe, you know, uh, take away one one car trip a week. You know, there's there's all sorts of benefits. Obviously, we all know with cycling and the more fun it is, the more long term those benefits will hang on.
0: Mhm exactly. And I mean I love it. So that leads to the, kind of the next point about making it normal. So I know you're you're you've been a big bike commuter and an advocate of bike commuting. Um talk about that in terms of, you know, family doing bike commuting type stuff.
2: Yeah, you know, um It's, it is interesting. Like again, my time with Bicycle Colorado taught me that the stats for, and if you look up any Google it, you know, anything like that now, the stats for kids that ride bikes just for fun these days is really low Mm -hmm. or just for transportation. And it also is for adults. I mean, we're, many places depending on where you live if it's suburbia you're trained to get in your car and go you know 1 mile it doesn't matter you just it's like it's a car centric where we're at in the US i think is in general is car centric we're getting better certainly but showing you know your kids or your neighbors or whoever it is that you're going to get out on your bike to go do x it doesn't necessarily mean you're all clad in your kit 100% of the time I tend to actually wear a kit because I sweat a lot. So I'm not, I'm not really That's a fair. <laughs> person. But when you know you are going out with your kids or you're saying, hey, we're going to go do this, and you don't automatically get in the car, you know, it, it's that kind of that five-mile radius rule where think about what's in your five-mile radius that you can do with your bike. There's a lot. There's a lot. And we tried to emulate that with our girls by first of all moving we we moved to a place where we knew we could do that because where we were um, before when they were pretty little we couldn't it wasn't easy it was sprawl it was very car oriented and it wasn't for us it just mm-hmm. wasn't and so we you know deliberately talked about when they were little, why we were moving, and you know, you try to explain to a kindergartner and you know a f- third grader of why you're moving from their friends. that's hard. And so we we told them, you know very much why, and then we we put it into action um, of saying, here's where we're gonna move. These are all the great things we can do. um our our place that we're at now is, about a mile or two away from when we made this big move to Golden. Um, so it's still bikeable. It's just up a bigger hill now, so we all have to suffer a little more. But <laughs> well, as they get older, you can increase
0: yeah. the hills. You'll be, like, living on a mountain in 10 years.
2: <laughs> we're going to go to the top of Evans and build a house. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, they. Um, it was great because we were <laughs> – Oh, I Sorry. love it. The dog <laughs> just realized
0: there's a UPS truck in the driveway. It's been here for like five minutes, and she just realized it. <laughs> She's like, hey, what are you doing? Hang on a second.
2: <laughs> yeah, so we we were you know a couple blocks from the library. We were a couple blocks from the rec center. We were you know um, about a half mile from our church. Like from downtown, it was it was grand. From the school, they could we could ride now to, to school when they were little. And that was really important to me because, you know, working for Bicycle Colorado, I was telling everybody, all these kids, like, yeah, bike to school, do it. All these parents, stop getting in the car. You know, you could, you could walk two or three blocks. And then what was I doing? I was driving to every school to teach them that. And I wasn't biking with my own kids. Mm-hmm. So that made me just feel horrible as a person. <laughs> so I wanted to change that. And, and um, it worked. It, it really did. And it served the purpose for, for what we were looking for with our lives it changed our lives. I mean, we, we ditched a car. We were a one car family until this year. So we were a one car family for like eight years with two little kids and we made it work. Um, and, and it was a challenge. It was a fun challenge. It wasn't a, Oh, this is going to be so horrible. I have to ride to the grocery store. They would hear my husband and I talking and and bargaining it like, okay, you can have the car for this. We're going to go here, but no, no, I can totally do this. And you know, sometimes there'd be funny moments where we would have worked it out to where we're like, wait, then no one has the car. Wait, no, we can't do that. Actually, that's no one. We, we can't bike there because there's no one to pick us up. You know, we'd kind of do the math and at dinner for the next day. Mm-hmm. And It's a fun family solution. And I believe that with commuting um, in my advocacy heart that it can be so fun and challenging and, and just make your brain and body work in ways that being in a car can't even compare. So, I really wanna drill that into my kids and I really tell them like, hey, later, wherever you go, whatever, if you choose to do college, if you choose to go, you'll have lots of choices, where you travel, where you live. Choose wisely, because it will dictate your life. And yeah. and you know, if you're in a place where you really cannot get out your door and ride your bike, you gotta be okay with that and you're gonna have to make that work, but it sure is a good life if you can swing integrating activity into just your normal daily routine.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I remember when I first went to school realizing that it was gonna be so much faster for me to start riding to classes versus taking the bus everywhere because the yes. bus would stuck in traffic and stuff. And that's like that's honestly a big chunk of what got me into cycling and triathlon and everything was like, Oh, okay, I have to pull my bike out of, you know, like my bike that I've had since I was ten years old is <laughs> yeah. what came with me to college. Uh-huh. <laughs> Of course, you know, then I had to get like a cool fixed gear bike because, you know, (laughs) style points. But at the time, it was my old Diamondback mountain bike. And that thing got me around campus my whole freshman year. And it was awesome. It it was a game changer. You know, I was like beating people to class by like, you know, 10, 15 minutes from leaving at the same point and going to the same building.
2: That's the thing I think that people don't you know if you're i always try to tell people like if you're geared towards competition and you like bike racing like you, it's got nothing on commuting you? totally. like, if you're if you love that you're gonna really love not you know just applying that to the racing scene like it's a it's a race in and of itself every single day and mm-hmm. it's preparation yeah. and it's you know, knowing the weather and knowing, you know, your own limits, it's, it's so good for you on many levels. And yeah, for college kids, I think like, yeah, everybody should be required. Every adult, I think, should be required to try to commute like once a month, wherever, like one thing would make the world a better place because it gives you empathy. It gives you all those things, the confidence, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and then also too, you know, I, I, for better or for worse, I don't have a fear of cars, I've been hit by one and, and, um, and had many, many close calls. But the thing is, is the more of us that are out there, the better it's going to get, the more awareness we'll have. And I have no problem training on the roads or riding on the roads. And and it's because of my commuting time, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and has built my skills in so many other disciplines. I'm a better mountain biker, um, cyclocrosser, all of those road, road racer. Well, I don't race road anymore, but I mean, road rider, I'm a safer cyclist. I'm a more efficient cyclist. Um, because commuting teaches you that you have to, especially if you're commuting somewhere where the weather's not perfect a hundred percent of the time. Um, you get some really solid skills, you know, commuting in the snow.
0: Yeah, definitely. And okay. So this, this is actually kind of a good segue into a question I wanted to ask. What about the parents who are just terrified of, you know, the potential for crashing or God forbid, you know, cars on the road are danger, you know, like are dangerous and can be dangerous. So it's kind of terrifying, like letting your kid ride. How do you, how do you move past that nervousness?
2: Yeah, and that's a legitimate fear. I mean, it's it, it really is, and and um, I get that as a as a parent for sure. Uh, and you know, the world is not a hundred percent safe, and we always say in our house, like. X is better than sitting on the couch, you know, if you fell, mm-hmm. you crashed, whatever it is. I mean, I really, this isn't for, you know, for little kids, but I, of course I'm going to die someday. And, you know, I'd rather die like doing something I love and going out in a big, fantastic way rather than wilting away. I just, so, so that's kind of the premise behind my um, motivation is like, look, no way. I'm not going to, I'm not going to parent based on fear. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's too ridiculous because there's too much out there. Yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, and I think the counterpoint to it too is, I mean, the stats on, you know, childhood obesity and, you know, all of the health problems that are linked to inactivity are much scarier to me than the occasional crash on a mountain bike.
2: Oh, yeah. And depression and all of those things. So, you know, if you're talking... If you're talking mountain bike, that that's you just have to sometimes close your eyes as a parent. It's the same thing I do. <laughs> I think it's because I'm a parent and and I feel this way. Like even if I'm watching like enduro racing or my friends doing stuff, I have to turn away sometimes because it's like a I know the potential and it hurts like my mommy's stomach. You know, like oh god, I can't watch. Yep, but that's fine. You know, um, for road, it really does. You know, of course there can be accidents and incidents and crashes and, and people can hit you and all those things. However, a lot of that, a lot of that can be, um, minimized with proper education. So that's where the practicing with your child from a really small age, um, is so important. It's so important. And, and not just, you know, of course you're starting out on the bike path or in a park or something, but then you really have to get out there and you have to, you have to I mean, <laughs> the trip, from our house to the to the library where it was only like three or four blocks away was the most petrified I'd been as a parent probably forever. I mean, <laughs> I can still remember that where I had both daughters and it's like, okay, you have to pick who are you going to be behind? Who's going to be, you know, we'd always sandwich our younger one in the middle. Well, then the older one would just take off because she wanted to show how great she was. And then, you know, suddenly you're four blocks spanned or three blocks spanned, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, there's four way stops and this is downtown golden. This isn't like city. So you practicing those things and making sure that your kids know all the little tricks and tips. You know, if you think about everything you do as a cyclist in the span of, you know, a block, next time you're riding, like in one mile, just try to mentally note everything you have to watch out for. Mm -hmm. Well, as a parent, you just have to verbalize that you just have to tell them okay i'm doing this because all right hey i'm really looking out for brake lights right now because turns out sidewalks are super dangerous for cyclists you know or if you're coming out of your garage or coming in your garage there's people that are really want to get home fast to see their families they miss their mommy you know so there's all these things that you you can story as you're riding Um, and you have to do that because yeah, if you just turn a kid loose and you're like, have at it, like our kid parents did, I think, you know, in the eighties, my parents didn't smoke, but I think of them like just smoking cigarettes, like "Eh, go get it. I know. Right. (laughs) For sure. But it's also a a helicopter parenting world right now. And I understand why people are, you know, concerned and why parents would say, I can never do that. I can see that side of it a little bit, but I would just urge, like, push through it. Your kids can do it. And and you showing them that you have that confidence in them means all the world. And sure, you're going to have close calls. Oh, we have had we had so many close calls when we were going out as kids, I mean, with, with our kids. I mean, we, we had a 4th of July one where it was just like a comic, epic disaster after disaster in the span of like three miles. I mean, we all got home and it's like we all just sat on the couch like, we've almost been in a train wreck, you know, I mean, but that's okay. We joke about it now and we learned from it. And we learned when someone says, go, they don't mean, you know, every, every cyclist does it different. When you ride with a pack, you'll see your friends. You will always have that one friend that's like, I can make it. And they gun it. Right. You, then always you always have a friend that's like, no way. The light isn't even yellow, but I'm going to stop right now because that's just what makes me feel good. Kids are the same way. And, and then you mix in adults with different <laughs> strategies. Mm-hmm. And it's just hilarious. And so you just have to be okay with the hilarious disaster of being a parent and and let it roll. And it will pay off. It pays off.
0: Yeah. Um, talking about practicing skills and stuff reminds me in Namur in Belgium, they actually have like right by the famous cyclocross course, there's just like a random children's park. But in the park, they actually have like a whole section that's like basketball court size, basically, that's like, a miniature city that's meant like it's designed for like teaching bike safety. Oh, so that's it's got so- all these like tiny roads and tiny stop signs. It's oh, the cutest, top. it's adorable. <laughs> it's
2: so, I mean, and you know, you can do the same thing. Like, I think in that article, I, I mean, because I worked at Bicycle Colorado, I got really good at sidewalk chalking, right? Like, black tops.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You can create those same things. Like if your kids are really little and, and, you know, this, the the thought, the thought of saying like, let's go ride bikes. If that doesn't first ignite them, that's okay. There's lots of different other ways that you can do it. You know, it's like, we're going to, instead of saying, we're going to go for a bike ride and you put on your, you know, Lycra and your kit and all that, maybe it's a, we are going to go do an obstacle course. Like you see the difference. Ooh. The difference is pretty, or we're going on a scavenger hunt. Okay. That's, I mean, what, you know, like, it's just in how you phrase it. I have to go to the store on my bike. No, I get to go get my library books on my bike. Who wants to come with me? You know, I mean, it's just a different, different way of, of thinking about it and, and implementing it. And kids mm-hmm. will go crazy for it if you if you're going crazy for it in a fun way.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so this, this is kind of leading me to you now have teenage, like teenage girls who are riding. Where do you fall on the like, when to start with like racing or performance and stuff like when do you do you think about like looking for a coach or like that next level, or are you just kind of letting them develop on their own and you know letting that sort of sort itself out because I've heard so many differing things from so many different parents, and I have my personal takes on it, but I'd love to hear yours
2: yeah, good question so um we we have been very anti um organized sports, my husband and I from the get go Um, and we joke now, we're like to the detriment maybe of our kids, but either way, like I'm, I'm good with it because I, again, I just, um, it just wasn't for us and that, and not to say that it isn't for other people. It just wasn't for us. So, um, because of that, even with racing, um, even though my husband and I did it, we did it at a really like low key level. My husband was way more serious about it than I ever was. Um, and so we tried to keep that easy and fun, you know. And at one point we offered, hey, do you want to jump in on a cyclocross race with us? Um, and that was when they were, I don't know, like middle school, elementary school still. Um, and that probably sealed the deal for not liking racing for my younger daughter. You know, she lifted her big old heavy mountain bike over a couple barriers and she was dead last and she was being passed by all these <laughs> super fast kids. And yep. was, that was probably it for her. Whereas our older one was like, that was fun. That was all right. Um, so, you know, it went from there where we just dabbled. We Mm -hmm. dabbled. Um, when our older daughter wanted to do mountain bike club last year for the high school, it was just real easy. We, we tried to deliberately not say, talk about training. Um, we figured they were getting, she was getting the training, adequate training if she wanted. And then if she wanted to put in extra, she certainly could. And where we live is right at the base of a very popular mountain bike trail. And so, She often saw uh, kids in her team that were riding or we'd see them at like five in the morning. I'd seen some of these kids and I would say, hey, I saw Toby out this morning. and She'd be like, good for Toby. You know, I mean, she wanted (laughs) no part. But she also saw towards the end of the season where she was in relation to some of those kids. And lo and behold, this year she was like, I really want to do better. I'm going to she came up with her plan. She kind of came up with the. I think I want to do this, this, and this. And we're like, that sounds good. You know, you want to race through the spring. You might want to, you know, if you're going to do swimming, here's, you know, we kind of talked about what it realistically would be for her to want to do better and what that meant. Then, mm-hmm. um, just this spring, I was helping a friend put on a women's like intro to women's racing clinic. Um, and Carrie Higgins, we had there, we had Meredith Miller and we had Katie Compton. And so, you know, they were all kind of giving their, their opinions and and talking about training and things. And our 16 year old asked me like at the end of the clinic while we were all just standing around, she's like, do you think Katie would coach me? And I was thinking like, well, yeah, I said, do you, are, are you serious? You know, is this what you'd like to do? And luckily Katie's a friend of mine and, and she knows our family really well she knows my lack of training really well (laughs) I had her design a coaching plan for me once and this is this is how bad I or I guess how how I am not bad it's just how I am um that I did I followed it for like a week I mean who gets a who gets a cyclocross training plan from Katie Compton and can only follow it for a week me this I would have
0: been the exact same I've I've said I'm uncoachable so many times
2: uncoachable so she knows that about me and and she kind of giggled but but you know she she that's that's happening right now so bella is now on her second month of coaching and she's she's digging it like it's going so well and it's i like that i don't know anything about it so first of all it's like fantastic i couldn't give you a plan honey so yeah you should have a plan from someone that knows what they're doing especially katie compton Mm -hmm. but also then we are not we're not responsible for her to to get out there. She Mm -hmm. knows what it costs. She knows the effort that Katie's putting into it. She knows Katie is a person and knows that she is busy and she's got things going on and she doesn't want to let her down. So I think where it comes into play is I would suggest letting your kids lead. Do not do not like sign your kids up for a coach at the age of 11. I mean, unless they are like a phenom and it's, and it's all they want to do. I mean, like I said, I see some of these kids that are riding at five in the morning all through the summer and they are, they would be the type of kid that would say, you know, at the age of 12, I really want to do this. This is something I really am chasing because I love it. Yeah. But an average kid is probably not gonna, it's just gonna be a, not a waste of your money by any means, but I just think there's so many different places that you could put the time and energy that would be more appropriate for younger kids. Um, and then I also had a friend um, uh, that I met through when I was with Feedback Sports um, when we were in Belgium for Cyclocross Worlds, Masters Worlds. And he is a team manager for Lotto-Sudal. And his son races, um, you know, Tour world tour team and he's seen it all. You know, he's been a, a team manager for years, like 20, 30 years. And we got into this conversation and he said, you know, even his son who is, has seen it all. And, and he knew his son's potential. He still held him off from racing at a higher level until he was like high, like late high school. You know, he's like, I wouldn't even let him, I wouldn't let him train. I wouldn't let him do these things because it's too much for your child's body. Mm-hmm. Like they got so much going on in their little bodies and their little minds and their decision-making process and all that, to throw that on them without a lot of loving guidance, I think could be hard. So yeah, yeah that was kind of a long-winded question. We no, her- I,
0: I love it. I think when you were mentioning like the, the up at 5am 11 year olds, I think with them, the coach would probably actually be more important for holding them back because they're probably like right accidentally like, over training
2: and get some nachos kid. Like, you know, I mean, you don't really have to tell kids that anymore. I don't think, but still, you know, yeah, like that would almost be a, and that's been good for Bella too, to see with Katie, you know, she's like, Oh, well this week's really light, but you know, then to talk about why that is, mm-hmm. and better be ready for next week. And the difference with her too is, has been awesome to see because she's very, she's very much like me in a lot of ways. Like, She's scattered like she's tornadoes into not scattered like mine, but she's like tornadoes into the kitchen, grabs stuff and the cabinets are all open and then she's out like it's she's just a flurry of of, you know, from one thing to the next and um, just not very methodical, I guess. And so this has been really good for her to to say, okay, well, I better go to bed like I have I have this tomorrow, you know, like it's she's really policing herself, which is wonderful because we don't have to and nor would I want to. I don't want to tell her what she right now I don't want to tell her because I think that's damaging too I mean I I hope that she makes healthy choices and that's what being you know an athlete or a cyclist or any any you know healthy person is but this is she's seeing the ramifications directly now Mm -hmm. and and if she doesn't or if she does which is wonderful that's what we wanted her to find
0: yeah and I think what's great about that is it's not you saying oh have you done your training today you're just letting Uh, her if she did it that's great doesn't yeah. it, not on you,
2: and it's been fun too because then it's like, can I tag along? Can I tag along with you, honey? And that's mm-hmm. a huge change, you know, as a parent, where it's like, dang, can I come do this with you? And I might not be able to keep up. Like, she's she's to the point now where I can't keep up sometimes on the mountain bike, particularly if I've had like a couple days of something, I can feel it, and she's putting the pressure on me, and that is wonderful. Like, that's a wonderful moment as a parent. That's awesome. awesome.
0: Um, and then the other thing I was thinking, as far as coaching goes, I think maybe the better place for parents to be putting focus would be if they're not super skilled. Like I know for me, I could never really adequately teach great mountain biking skills. However, my husband happens to be a mountain bike skills coach. So (laughs) I would would be inclined to let him handle that. So I feel like instead of like signing a kid up for a coach that's going to give a training plan type thing, you're better off getting more like skills i'm going to clinics and stuff like that
2: oh yeah heck yes like that I, i'm really glad you mentioned that because that i think even for anybody you yeah. know i always tell people like yeah oh, i'm no one's above a clinic no one's above a skill session like there's so there's so many times that you would i and a lot of women that i know you know it's like um and not women specifically but but you know my female friends like oh i could never do that i'm like well yeah you actually could And here's what you would do to get there. You know, like this is taking a mountain bike skills clinic for me personally changed my life completely. Cyclocross clinic with Katie Compton changed it so Mm -hmm. much. And that's like one day, you know, or a half day or two hours. That's going to make the rest of your cycling life so much more fun. And yeah, absolutely. Clinics are my best friend. Um, And you know, most times people think like, I don't know where to find it. Like if you, if you have that in your network, Spread the word. I mean, social media is bad for lots of things, but it's fantastic <laughs> for that. You know, Definitely. I mean, I, we someone just uh, in in our town, was, you know, reached out and said, "Hey, we've got this girls' clinic going on this weekend. Can you spread the word?" Yes, absolutely. Like, I can't actually make it. I'm doing a different event, but my daughter's going. She texted her friends. Like, the the high school mountain bike team put it out. I mean, there's so many things out there, and they don't have to be the most. um dialed either you know if you're good at a certain skill and you think that it would be advantageous for someone else to learn it put that out to your group of friends or say hey i'm going to go work on x skill tomorrow from 10 to noon anybody want to join me we're going to have some fun like that can be a clinic you know it doesn't have to be a sign your waiver you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. you have to be a little more careful if it's not you know your own child and your group of friends but you know, look around and, and find one or ask, ask local bike shops. If you're a parent and you, you're looking for this, ask a local bike shop. Oftentimes they're the ones putting it on or they're helping out with it, or they'll be able to tell you where to go. Hey, here's the, here's the team manager. Here's the contact. This is who you should reach out to. So it's just this wonderful network, um, that cycling I think has or running or triathlon that once you ask, there's so much information and wonderful people out there. Uh, don't be intimidated to just reach in and, and and find someone that knows. Like if you see someone in your neighborhood that looks like they know what they're doing, stop them and ask. They're going to love to talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love
0: that. Um, and then so one of our one of our other things that you mentioned in that article is talking with your child and more importantly, listening to your child. I think this is probably where a lot of people fall off and you maybe have a fair number of kids quitting. Um because of this, this lack. And I mean, also it's, it's, you know, to me, the best times I've ever had chatting with my dad have been, you know, the past few years, either riding together or he rides while I run and he rides next to me and we talk for hours and it's
2: (gasps) the best. I love that. I love that. Yeah, it is the best. I mean, when you're, like I said, there's those moments, those slow going moments when they're really little. And that's when you just have to like, you almost just have to like, you know, put your shoulders up to your ears, take a deep breath and just go, okay, it's not, it's, this is fine. This is where I need to be right now. Mm-hmm. And what are they trying to tell me? And, you know, bike riding is kind of hard. My, one of my daughter, the older daughter's just like, I don't really want to talk right now at this point, you know, if we're like climbing up, lookout. Uh, and I think That's like we're, we're, we're <laughs> to you, I don't either. You're right. Um, but you know, it's, it's, they will bring things up that once you've, once you've gotten your rhythm, right, it might take 20 minutes. It might take an hour when they're older. Um, but once you've got your rhythm, so many things come up like last summer, just both my daughters were commuting to, it worked out to where I was commuting to work and on the way to work was the swimming pool. So for my older daughter, she was doing like early morning swim practice. And then it was the work place like meetup for my younger daughter who was doing trail maintenance. So for her summer job. So it was a beautiful summer that, and it was our favorite summer as a family. And I believe this is part of the reason why, because I could ride like four miles, drop off my older daughter for swimming, drop off, so to speak, you know, I'd ride with her just for the workout. Mm -hmm. Then I'd come home, come with, ride the same pretty much path with my older daughter, drop her off at work. You know, she'd lock up her bike and then i would go on to work and i had then you know 30 minutes of undivided attention with my each of my daughters on their own one on one every day practically every day um and sometimes we'd switch sometimes my husband would do it uh, you know just on his way to work out or whatever um or they'd go on their own but you know it was it was a priceless summer because we it was quiet it was beautiful like you know we we just had time to talk it was summer mm-hmm. we, nobody was worrying about work homework or after school activities or any of that stuff and so um it was it was truly a really massive gift when i looked back on it like the first couple of weeks of course it was just like come on get up we got to go and everybody was all grumpy you know and like one day my daughter threw my older daughter threw a fit because it was foggy and she's like, drive. And I was like, no, who do you think you're talking to? You know, and I was like, yeah, can I drive when it's pounding snow? You know, and we kind of get into these little arguments where she's like, well, that's not even fair. You're a grown up and you do it for work. And I'm like, well, that's not even fair. You're a kid and you don't have to do it for work. You know, I mean, I totally resorted to like, you know, a, a teenager myself, but then we'd giggle later. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'd send her a text like, hey, I'm really proud of you for going this morning. I'm really proud of you for getting up or to my younger daughter. I'm really proud of you for riding your bike with your huge backpack, your water bottle, your hard helmet, like everything she needed for work. And then she was going to go like build trail all day and then bike back home filthy. So, I mean, those are the kinds of like character building happy moments that I had with my kids that, um, gosh, if you just give them that opportunity, they will open up they will bloom. They will be so confident. And it's just so neat to see um, see them grow. Oh, I, I'm like just sitting
0: here imagining this. I'm like, I want your life. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you didn't want it the night of the 4th of July and we all almost died. But aside from that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, maybe not the foggy morning either or or the <laughs> snowy mornings. But on like the sunny, quiet mornings, that sounds that sounds great. Um, I think the other thing that's kind of interesting is so my my dad's a really quiet guy. so I think this is maybe like a flipped situation, I guess for you know, most parents have quiet kids. Um, my dad's <laughs> a really quiet guy, so sometimes, you know, if I'm running and he's riding, I get really irritated if we're just being quiet for a long time because, I mean, I'm not running with headphones in. I have nothing to (laughs) listen to. I'm just like bored and annoyed. So (laughs) before I would run, I would actually like, think through a list of conversations to have Think, you know like oh, goofy brilliant. goofy stuff like yeah. what are we gonna do if there's a zombie apocalypse and <laughs> I am not kidding that occupied like seven miles
2: <laughs> which which makes me giggle because that's that's really something I always refer to and my younger daughter drives her crazy I'll be like you know if there was a and she'll like hold her hand up she's like zombie apocalypse yes I yeah. would go over there I know <laughs> yeah we have a game plan yeah it's great <laughs> Really good point. You know, as as parents, or or just in any relationship, you know, it's kind of like um before Thanksgiving. Sometimes I seriously will look up like conversational topics. Like yeah. you forget sometimes that it is hard to talk to people, or everybody's in their own little world. And just because you're going to be side by side with somebody for a certain portion of time doesn't mean that it's going to be perfect, or it's going to be you know this like blissful happiness. There's going to be awkward moments. So yeah, it's like as a parent, think of those things that you really. I guess they keep you up at night sometimes, like wondering if. Yeah. And, and yeah. you'll you'll figure out little like pointers and topics that you can kind of dig in, and then they'll open up, you know, hopefully or not, you know. I mean, but at least you've tried, and, and even if they know, you know, your dad, even though he's quiet, he's loving that time with you, um, and so it's it's regardless of the conversation that does or doesn't happen, you are spending time together outside of a screen, outside of a box out, you know, it's, it's just time together that you that couldn't be replaced with anything else.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that leads perfectly into this last point that you had in the article, which is to exemplify joy. And I love this, because I mean, how many how many parents do you know who are also master's athletes who, you know, let's be honest, maybe don't finish races looking as joyous as they, uh, <laughs> they would like to, or, you know, pound it out on Zwift and like finish like stalking upstairs from the basement, looking miserable because they missed their numbers or something.
2: Well, yeah. Yeah. It is important to, I mean, it, like we talked about at the very beginning, like there, it has to be fun and, and if it's not for you personally, maybe take a step back and think, like, why is that? And and try to try to remember what initially drew you to this sport to begin with. And those are the things that are that are going to pop up and, and be so relevant for your kids. And they will remember you stalking off the race course and being mad because you got a flat or they will remember you, you know, handling it with dignity. Um, they will remember that you were doing a little woohoo on the trail because you tried something and you nailed it versus like you hit your lactic acid threshold something, you know, like, those are the things that that are going to make a difference. They could care less if you are winning, if you're at the top of your game, all that, if you are acting like a jerk or if you're acting like it's a chore. Um, so find what makes it fun for you and and talk about it like Just telling your kids what made you happy. I mean, I would tell them these stories of, yeah, and then I flipped over my handlebars because I didn't see the curb for the snow, and my underwear fell out of my bag, and it was hilarious, you know? I mean, like, those are the things that would make them think, like, I want to do that. The person driving by me seeing that happen probably wasn't like, wow, I really want to be that lady, you know, (laughs) losing her stuff on the curb in a snowstorm. But I tell you what, like, you have to get up and laugh over things like that because it is flipping funny, And, and so if you don't find the joy in those things, you got to find, find a different sport and and find something else that you want to teach your kids. Cause if you don't find joy in it, they're not going to either. You know, if, if I, if I read a bedtime story with anger, just because I could read it the fastest, I doubt my kids would want to listen to it. And, and so it's the same thing with cycling. Like you're not just trying to get through it. Don't get through it. It's, it's all the nuances through the way that are going to make your kids love it.
0: Yeah. Awesome. I love it. I think that's that's a perfect note to end on. So if anyone has any questions for you or anything, you share where people can find you on the interwebs.
2: Oh, absolutely. You can reach out uh Twitter. I'm I'm really fast to respond there. I'm at Cranky Mommies. Um, you'll see all the all the um, adventures that I have with my kids because they aren't on Twitter. They are on Instagram, so I do have to watch. What I've <laughs> I can also use that to shame them as well, you know, into cleaning things up because yeah. that that is a public forum. But yeah, so I'm I'm at Cranky Mommies, and I'm always happy to answer questions, bite questions, and and learn more from everybody else. That's the that's the beauty again of social media is I can connect with people doing this all over the world and we can share what works and what doesn't and laugh about it, spilling our underwear out of our commuter bag, you know, and our coffee cup all over the place. So Mm -hmm. yeah,
0: reach out. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for tuning into the consummate athlete podcast. Uh, You can check out my stuff over at theoutdooredit.com or by following me on Instagram and Twitter at Molly J. Hereford. And you can check out Peter's coaching, training plans, blogs, all that fun stuff over at smartathlete.ca or by following him on Twitter and Instagram at Peter Glassford. And if you want to support this show and other awesome podcasts, please check out wideanglepodium.com for show info, other podcasts bonus content and to become a donating member so you can get all of that rad behind the scenes content and help keep shows like this on the air. And lastly, if you're enjoying this podcast and all the information that we're bringing to you every single week, uh, do us a solid and pop into iTunes to leave us a rating and review. It takes you about two seconds. You can do it on your computer. You can do it on your phone and it really helps us out. Thanks so much. And we will see you next week.